Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, November 18th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. We kick off the conversation asking the mayor to recap, in her own words, the license plate photo incident involving Ward 4 Councillor Sean Chu and what may come of Councillor Chu amid months of controversy surrounding him. It's not just kids' cold medicines that are in short supply, but adult pain and fever meds have become just as hard to find. What's behind the empty shelves at pharmacies? We turn to Christine Donaldson, pharmacist and president of HealthPro, for some answers. Planning on being a couch potato this weekend? We get some must-watch suggestions from Brett McGarry of The Couch Potatoes, including the latest offering from Jason Momoa. And finally, how well do you know your wines? We discuss everything wine and find the best pairings just in time for the holiday season with the author of The Wine Bible, Karen McNeil. Ward 4 Councillor Sean Chu has been removed from Deputy Mayor duties and has apologized to Council for taking photos of Mayor Jyoti Gondek's vehicle. Joining us to discuss the issues facing City Council, we are joined by Jyoti Gondek. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning. How are you, Andy? Good, good. Made it to the weekend. Excited for that. Uh, let's get to the business's hand and we'll talk a little further about what's happening in our city. But uh, Councillor Chu and these pictures of your car. Uh, let's, how were these pictures taken by the councillor brought to your attention, Madam Mayor? Well, um, there was a little bit of a delay in bringing these pictures to my attention because I had to contend with protesters at my home um, on the same day that the photos were taken. They came to my attention because a member of the public emailed my office with the photo uh, complaining about something or other. And uh, we noticed that the site of the picture looked like a city facility. And that's what it was. Do we have any idea, Madam Mayor, at this point, what the intention of Councillor Chu was by taking that picture? You know what I would love? I would love for you to interview him and ask him that question. I think Calgarians would be very interested to learn what exactly he thought would happen by, number one, taking that photo. Mm -hmm. Secondly, why he thought it was appropriate to do so. And thirdly, what exactly it is he's been doing for the last year on council. I would love for you to ask him those questions because I have no idea. What is next in this process, Madam Mayor? No idea. This whole process has been absolutely incredulous. If you were watching this on a TV show, you would say this would never happen in reality. And yet, here we are. Yeah, truth is stranger than fiction. They're going to be filming a movie on this, I'm sure, by the next year. Uh, I'm not trying to make light of it, but this is this is an incredible story. So we appreciate you uh, being up front uh, with us about it. Uh, let's, if I t- may, Andy, yeah, sure. I need to add something else. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, ridiculous, all of this. What is more awful in all of this is that a 16-year-old girl never got the justice she deserved. Let's never forget that. What's what's interesting about this is we've got to the point with this uh, license plate picture, and that has, and it's uh, you know for whatever reason uh, that is moved to the back, uh, you know, back burner, if you will. It's it's incredible because we've now got to this point, and we don't want to overshadow that. That's a great point. Uh, I want to touch uh, base uh, with you about the crime and violence in uh, 2022. This is something that it seems like, Madam Mayor, we, if not every week, uh, at least a couple of times a month, we talk about uh, the, the violence and the issues within our city. Uh, are we on track? Are we doing those right things? And, and what more needs to be done? I know that's the million-dollar question. Andy, so much more needs to be done. We need to do um, all kinds of things in terms of 
supporting people who are in positions of vulnerability, who are finding themselves uh, lashing out, acting out because they've got issues with addiction or mental health struggles. Um, we need to figure out why and how it is that there are people in our community that are preying on people in positions of vulnerability as well. Um, the situation that we've got on our transit lines in particular is incredibly dire. There are people feeling unsafe. They're feeling uh, as though we're not doing enough. And I have to tell you, there was a promise, um, oh my goodness, about a month and a half, two months ago from the province that they would be partnering with, it, with us to improve safety on transit lines. And we're just waiting for those funds to be dispersed so we can do something that makes life better for Calgarians. But there's been so much shift and change in the provincial government that many of us try to stay on top of who's in which ministry so we can get that funding to improve life for people who are taking transit and people who are just struggling with safety issues in general. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, switching gears, uh, I want to ask you about this because this is something that was in the news for the longest time and now it's, it's kind of gone silent over a year ago. Uh, Calgarians voted to add fluoride back into the water supply. Obviously, it can't happen overnight, uh, but it seems like we're delayed on this process. Where are we at with fluoride in our water? That's a great question, Andy. And from what I understand, the infrastructure that we needed to add the fluoride back at our water treatment plants uh, takes a little bit of time. And we've had supply chain issues trying to source the right type of fluoride. So we are in the same position that many um, organizations find themselves in where the pandemic has created supply chain issues. So we are doing the very best that we can to get fluoride back in the water. It's just taking some time. All right. I'm going to leave it there for time. Uh, well, I'll ask you this, uh, uh, Madam Mayor, because we're asking everybody. This weekend, you're watching the Grey Cup, hopefully, on uh, you know uh, Sunday. Uh, but you've got the Lone Star concert tonight. You've got the Billy Joel tribute to Saturday at the Jack Singer. Uh, Disney on ice. It's a busy weekend. What are your weekend plans? Uh, I'm planning to catch a couple of things with my kiddo this weekend, which is rare for me. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. And I just want to remind everybody that uh, stuff a bus. Oh, it's yes. starting up as well, so you'll see counselors participating in that. Super timely. Tis the season. I can't believe it's already the 18th of November. Thanks for your time, Madam Mayor, and have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well, Andy. Take care. Take care. That is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. A nationwide drug shortage is leaving parents scrambling to find cold and flu medication for their sick kids. But what's behind these empty shelves? With Insight, we are joined by Christine Donaldson, Vice President of Pharmacy at HealthPro. Good morning to you, Christine. Good morning. Uh, Christine, we did see the news headlines, and we've seen it all over social media. And as a parent, I've been into the grocery store, and I see the empty shelves. We know that's the end result. We know this is an issue, particularly if your kid has that cough, cold, or flu right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But what is behind it? That's the question that I had over the past uh, several days. What's causing this drug shortage? Yes, thank you. Um, it's a good question. And, you know, as uh, at HealthPro, you know, I'm responsible for really uh, having this pharmaceutical oversight for many, many hospitals across the country, over 1,300 healthcare facilities. And so, first off, I just want to reassure uh, everyone out there that we are still getting good supply into our hospitals. And although it's a bit concerning to see some of those empty shelves, it really was uh, an earlier start to, you know, sort of the respiratory season and illnesses uh, for our kids, you know, really began, you know, almost a, a couple months earlier than usual. And that's a time when our suppliers are usually trying to prepare for that fall season or that fall 
flu and virus season. So, you know, really it was just a, a bit of an, a demand that happened earlier in the summer and we're just really trying to now produce enough products to sort of play catch up a little bit with uh, filling those shelves again in your local pharmacies. I wonder, you know, Christine, is this a Canada-specific issue or is this happening in other countries? Yeah, it's you know, it, it is something that maybe uh, we saw happen a little bit uh, sooner in, in Canada, but it is hitting some other uh you know, countries as well. We've been talking through our global suppliers and Health Canada has done some amazing work and really partnering with, again, other uh, countries and jurisdictions to say, what can we do to, you know, again, open up some of that supply and bring it here into Canada? And so that's uh, really what's been happening. Uh, you're, you're seeing some of it happen, you know, here in, in, in the Canadian pharmaceutical and your pharmacies, but it really has it is a bit of a more than more than just us is being uh, we're being affected. What can we do to uh, ensure this doesn't happen again to protect our, our supply, Christine? Is there something that we can yeah. do? You know, it it is something again. Uh, I think we've we've got lots of lessons learned every time that we go through a bit of a shortage. Uh, again, I just want to uh, reassure you that we've uh, you know been able to secure some supply. And since Health Canada again has brought in some uh, product from both Australia and the U.S., and that should be coming in the next uh, few weeks to really help uh, with the, the difference in your in what you're seeing out there in the community. Um, but I think we'll, we'll again, look, look back and, and maybe see if there's an opportunity to work with our suppliers to bring in some of that product a little bit earlier in the year so we don't catch ourselves in the same, uh, the same situation again in, in, future, in the future. Yeah, we've heard, Christine, I don't want to put you on the spot with this question, mm-hmm. but we have heard that if you go to your pharmacy, uh, there is some kind of an elixir, maybe at a compound pharmacy to a certain extent that the pharmacists are still able to mix up. And I'm thinking in terms of perhaps like a, a replacement for a children's Tylenol. Do you know much about that? Yes, actually, uh, again, um, as a parent and a, a pharmacist myself, uh, I have to, again, just give tremendous thanks to the the uh, healthcare providers out there, uh, the pharmacists who are out there trying to really fill this gap and help out each uh, parent and child that come into their pharmacy. And you're absolutely right. You can go in and speak to someone directly and get, a, you know, a bit of a, you know, a one-on-one consultation for your child. And uh, there is some ability, as you said, to compound or pre- prepare a medication specifically for your child. But again, I would uh, caution you that it would be something you do, uh, you know, one-on-one or speaking, to, you know, directly to your pharmacist to get that advice. And just to, just to, to recap, because I know that it did start with children's Tylenol, children's pain relief products. I use the brand name, but we don't have mm-hmm. to use that name. Uh, when it comes to the adult products being affected right now, can you give us an idea of what sorts of products that have uh, been having trouble making their way to the shelves here? Yes, I think it's a little bit different in different parts of uh, of Canada right now. So, uh, you know, I'm based out of the Ontario area, and you know, we really haven't seen uh, too much of the uh, any 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 difference on our shelves for the adult medications at this time. But you know, as you said, it's something that does kind of happen in different parts uh, and the different provinces from time to time. So I would just, again, I I don't really have a a direct line of sight on any of those products, but I think, again, um, you know, just uh, know that there are some good producers of of those medications. Some of them are are located right here in Canada that we're working with to make sure that they're, again, ramping up that supply to to fill those shelves as, as quickly as possible. Christine, a super timely topic. Thanks for your time and thanks for the update. We appreciate it. 
Oh, of course. And thank you so much for inviting me. And, and again, I, I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to hopefully give some, uh, a little bit of reassurance and a little bit of uh, a line of sight of some of the new products that are coming through and will be on your shelf soon. Appreciate that, yeah, because it can be frustrating as a parent. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Christine. Take care. It's Christine Donaldson, Vice President of Pharmacy at Health Pro. You can find out more about what she does and the organization at healthprocanada.com. It is Friday. That means it's time to hear the voice of Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. Love to be entertained and just in time for the weekend, lots of choices. In fact, Brett, it's like, you know those commercials we saw in the 80s when they said, the boss is out of town. It's a big blowout. Come on down this weekend. You're going to blow out six movies. We've got so much on the go. Yeah, this this week overall is nuts because there's six movies this weekend, and then we've got another five (laughs) on Wednesday because of American Thanksgiving, but we'll talk about those next week. For this weekend, we've got three new big new releases at home Mm -hmm. and three big new releases on the big screen. So let's start with what we've got at home because Disney Plus... Apple TV Plus and Netflix all have new movies. Uh, Disney Plus, they're starting with a sequel that, to a movie that came out in 2007. I don't know if you remember a movie called Enchanted. Yeah, yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, it was a wonderful movie. It was a, it was a, a fairy tale that, that poked fun at fairy tales. And uh, it was about these animated characters that got transported into the real world, mm-hmm. into New York City. And Amy Adams was in it, and she was magical. I just, I loved it so much. And now we've got this sing, uh, sequel called Disenchanted, and she is unhappy with her life, and she taps into magic and turns her town into uh, like a real-life fairy tale, but then it starts to make her turn wicked. Ooh. So that looks fun. So that's on Disney+. Plus. Apple TV+, Plus. I'll just play a clip to help set this up. Hi, I'm Will Ferrell. Oh, this, this sucks. Hold on just a second. What, what's wrong, Ryan? Do you have any idea what it's like to be in a Will Ferrell Christmas movie that's not Elf? So it's a new movie <laughs> starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and it's called Spirited. Mm. It's, a, it's a comedy musical adaptation of A Christmas Carol. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so but the, the, with the caveat that it's not Elf and it's not a Deadpool <laughs> movie as well. So that's on Apple TV Plus. Netflix has a movie called Slumberland, <clears throat> excuse me, starring Jason Momoa, and it looks really cool. The visuals are look spectacular, but it's not getting the best reviews. But it's about a young girl who discovers a, a secret map to the dream world of Slumberland, and then she meets up with Jason Momoa, and they go on adventures together, and she's hoping that she can one day see her late father again through this uh, Slumberland. So it looks neat, but it might not be the best of the, the three offerings yeah. at home. If you have to get out and about, I mean, let's be honest, we like the whole up, but those are three solid choices. Let's see what you can do in the theaters. Yeah, on the big screen, you've got a movie called The Menu. It stars Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, and a bunch of familiar faces. I'd never heard of this movie until this week. It's getting like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a dark comedy about this, you know, this couple travels to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu and some shocking surprises. So that actually looks really fun. It's like a dark comic mystery. There's a movie called She Dead. Uh, well, I'll just play this. Are you scared of him? Yes. We all were. 
Harvey wanted people to submit to him. It's a movie about the journalist who exposed Harvey Weinstein's sex crimes in Hollywood, and it is getting excellent reviews. It looks really powerful. I would expect this movie to be in the mix come Oscar season. And then finally, in select theaters for a limited time before it starts streaming on Netflix next month, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. There's an, another Pinocchio movie because we had one that came out on Disney Plus back in September mm-hmm. starring Tom Hanks. That one got trashed by the critics, but this one looks amazing. Stop motion animation. Just look up the trailer. It, it looks mind-blowing and it's getting sensational reviews. It looks like a potential masterpiece. So, uh, yeah, there are a lot of good things to watch. If you don't want to see it on the big screen, comes out on Netflix on December 9th. Six new choices. This must be a record on Mornings with Sue and Andy. I think you've got us very uh, busy this weekend, Brett. One quick question before we let you go, uh, because, uh, you know, you're going to get the jump in on Monday with ET Canada. We'll wrap up exactly what happened. But what do you predict? Do you think Wakanda is still going to be number one at, at the box office this weekend? Oh, by a mile, by a mile. Yeah. No, not no contest. They, 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 the three, these three movies are look good, but uh, yeah, Wakanda Forever is going to be number one for a little while yet. All right. Thanks so much uh, for the watch list. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brett. Have a good one. You too. That's Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. That's the sound. I just dropped it on my desk here. Over seven hundred pages. It's called the Wine Bible. It's in its third edition. And it says, winner of every major wine award, this book. Karen McNeil is behind uh, the Wine Bible, and she joins us now live on the program. Good morning to you, Karen. Hi, Andy. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure. I, I, I take it you're a wine lover? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I taste about 2,000 wines a year in my office. Um, so I guess I, I qualify. 2,000 wines a year? Are you hiring? Um, okay, now, the question is... <laughs> Uh, you, you, to be a lover of something is is one thing, but to make it your passion, to make it your job and your career, and to put a book like this together, how did it get to that point? One of the um, one of the things that was true for me when I was first learning about wine was that it was pretty hard to learn about. There there weren't a lot of wine classes. Retailers didn't give you tastes. You had to have about thirty different books to figure out what was what. Nobody explained geography very well. Nobody explained flavor very well. And um, I decided uh, that, you know, because it had been so hard for me to learn about wine, that I wanted to write the one book that would make it really easy for people. And besides easy, fascinating and fun to learn about wine, no matter if you were a beginner or if you actually knew um, quite a bit about wine. And that's the one thing that people tell me over and over again is that um, for both for beginners and people who are really know their wine well, the Wine Bible is the one book that they find both incredibly helpful and fascinating and fun to read. Fascinating and fun because, you know, I was going to ask you this, Karen, because we can get so much information online these days. Uh, but there's something tangible about a book. You know, this is the Wine Bible, but even people who still buy cookbooks, people love to flip through. Look at the color pictures you have in the different regions. Do you find that the, the real nostalgia for the book still? I think so. Um, also, a yes, the Internet allows us to look up facts. Mm-hmm. But a book can be 
a teacher in a way. You can come to rely on um, on the voice of an expert, mm-hmm. and and I think that's a little bit easier than trying to uh, by your own, you know, by yourself, um, kind of scan all over the internet looking for. Um, various answers to various questions. The other thing is that the Internet gives you lots of opinions of people, some of whom really know their stuff, and some of people who have an opinion but maybe aren't as good a researcher as as the author of a book would be. So um, I, uh, I not only, I mean, I, I feel pretty proud about yeah. um, not only writing, but being a good researcher, too, being someone that others can look to as, you know, if someone really has the right answer here, it's it's probably the wine bible. Absolutely. I'm going to hold it. It is, it is heavy. You can also do uh, bicep curls with it. Uh, one more, uh, two more quick <laughs> questions here. Uh, first quick question is, is there a price point that we should never go under when it comes to buying a bottle of wine? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say that every now and then um, we taste a fantastic wine in the 15 to $20 range. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do we taste a wine that is absolutely exceptional in the $10 and under range. You have to remember that $10 and under is just $2 a glass. Most people spend more on that, uh, more than that on a latte from Starbucks. So, um, you know, I'm always thinking, all right, if a latte costs, let's say, $4, then spend $4 on a glass of wine. Mm. That's a that's a $20 bottle of wine. And around $20, there are five glasses to every bottle. Uh-huh. Around $20, you can, you can find some really delicious wines. Absolutely. I get that. I'm going to direct people, by the way, to KarenMcNeil.com. And uh, again, the Wine Bible. Pick it up. Perfect for the stocking stuffers for the wine lovers on your Christmas list. Thanks so much, Karen. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. That is Karen McNeil, author of The Wine Bible.